Well, a very good morning to all of you. You know, I was given a topic to call to speak on the calling of Jesus Christ, and at the same time, it is also to celebrate Easter. And I've chosen a passage from Acts chapter 10, verses 36 to 43, and I hope it captures both. So I want to read Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, reading from verse 36. Now the context of it is that an angel of the Lord was preparing Peter to speak to Cornelius. The spirit of the Lord called Peter. The spirit of the Lord called Cornelius. And when Peter came to Cornelius' household, it's interesting, the word called is used in Acts chapter 10 at least about four times. But within that call of Cornelius and Cornelius' call of Peter, there is the call of Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to read. Acts chapter 10 verse 36. This is Peter speaking to Cornelius and his household. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. One translation went on to say, you know that God sent Jesus Christ. Then verse 37, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. And in verse 38, he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Verse 39. And here Peter speaking, he says, We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. Verse 40. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and cause him to be seen. We want to pause here. Just let's go back there and look at verse 40. But God raised him from the dead to, on the third day and caused him to be seen. Let's say that together. One, two. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Verse 41. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. It's very interesting. They always talk about eating and drinking with Jesus Christ. Uh, the point is that he really rose from the dead. Okay? And then verse 42. He commanded us to preach to the people. Talks about the Great Commission. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. In verse 43, all the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Elsewhere, not only the forgiveness of sins, but also eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every one here. And those who are watching this service and following this service online, and we pray for your anointing, not just for me alone, but the anointing to be upon 
every brother, every sister, everyone who is not even a Christian watching this today, that you cause our eyes to be open, our ears to be open, and our hearts to be open to have a fresh encounter with Jesus Christ. Even though many of us would have known him, but still, a fresh encounter this morning by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just address the whole issue of calling. What is calling? And this is very important, and it's good that you understand this, because uh, if you don't understand this, then we will interpret or define calling in many ways. Now, calling refers to the work of God. Okay, so God is the person of reference here. Calling refers to the work of God in which He summons men and women to come to Him. That's very, very important. Now, very often we understand calling to something that we do or even to a place. But before that, it is to come to Him. So, this is an important understanding that you and I should have. The person of reference, the secular world will call it the point of reference. The person of reference is God. Okay. And you'll know why. Because he defines the call. There is no calling unless there is a caller. Very obvious. Yeah. It is the angel who called uh, 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 Peter. It is the Spirit of God that spoke to Peter, who called Peter. It is the angel of the Lord who called Cornelius. It is Cornelius who called Peter. There is no calling without a caller. And the caller here is definitely God. Next. And I like this one. Our primary calling is that we are called to someone, not to something nor somewhere. Now this is very important. We are always called to someone. Now, how does that work out? Let's say in the case of Jazz. How does it work out in the case of Adam? How does it work out in the case of Kylie? How does it work? Now you will see as we go along. We are first called to God. Called to someone. Alright. Now, I want to put all this together in a diagram. These three aspects. Okay, now let's, let's go back to the, the, the previous one, just to make that comment. It is only when we are entirely His, because He's the caller, we will give ourselves entirely to His purpose. Now, it's very important. The world is looking for purpose. The world is looking for meaning. You and I, in growing up, as I was growing up myself, as a student, as a, uh, in, the, in the university, as a student, and even as a lecturer, I was looking for meaning and purpose. And the answer is this. You find purpose and meaning in and through God. Even if you were to find some meaning and some purpose, if God is not in that framework of your understanding, you will come to a dead end. And that is why many a scientist, successful one, many a millionaire, at the end of their lives, they've achieved many things. At the end, I've said, what for? 
because they did not know for whom they had done this until they find God. And so, if you are waiting here, I want to find my purpose, I want to find meaning, it is the it is the creator who gives meaning and purpose to the creation. So you need to come to God. It is not something we need to sit down and then work out a purpose and meaning. It is not like in a corporate firm, okay, write down the mission statement for your for your company and you you come up with something like that. No, God does it. Come to God, he will tell you. If I were to talk to uh, Jess and Adam and, and Kylie and you know they all had this experience with God and I can tell you you came back to where you are today very fast <laughs> because God directed you how did God direct you he directs you along I want you to take down these two things he directs you along the lines of the giftings and talents and abilities that he has put in you he directs you through the deepest desires that has put in you. Right? And so, it is only when we are entirely His, we will give ourselves entirely to His purpose. Okay, now I put that all that in a diagram, in a triangular diagram, these three aspects. Uh, there is a caller, God Himself. If there is a caller, of course, we are called here Jesus Christ. In this case, we are talking about the calling of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus is the called one. And of course, we have the call. Now, how do I determine my call? I determine my call by communing with God and asking Him. And then He defines the call for me. Do you follow? It's actually quite simple. <laughs> but we have complicated it. Once you know it, Okay, once you know God and in building that relationship with God and you have gone through all this in the past series and, and God can tell you. You know, when I was preparing this message, I had to speak to Jesus and said, Jesus, they are asking me to speak about your calling. <laughs> I wish they had asked me to speak about my own calling. How am I to speak to them about your calling? Only you would know best. And then he led me to this scripture. We can speak to God. And he will speak to you. Amen? God is willing to speak to us when we take time to listen to him. And so, he is the one who defines that call. And we take the responsibility for that call. So, if you just take this diagram, I think summarizes the entire message I'm going to uh, give you today. Alright, let's take a look. Now, this is the message I want to bring forth. That Jesus walked with a profound sense of his calling. When you read the scriptures, you realize the gospels. And even in the Old Testament, you realize that Jesus walked with a profound sense of his calling. What do I mean by that? Firstly, he walked with the sense of who he was. It's very important to know who we are. You know, I remember when I was going to study 
uh, in the States. And my dean invited me into his office. I was just going to leave in about a week's time. He, he, he called me into his office and he said, Dorai, uh, when you go to study in the States, you remember number one, that you are a Malaysian. <laughs> so don't, like, don't act like an American. <laughs> That's what he meant. You are a Malaysian. Okay. Number two, you are not just any ordinary student. You are a staff of UPM. And number three, he said, you are Doris Singham. Jesus walked with the sense of knowing who he was. That he was the son of God. That he was the Messiah. He knew who he was. Now, in our culture, when you introduce somebody, you will say, so and so, and the next question we ask him is, what do you do? The person say, I'm a teacher, or I'm an auditor, or I am a, a, a banker, or I'm an engineer, or I'm a doctor, and we seem to define by that role. Nothing wrong with that, but the only problem with that one is, definition of a person, the identity is always by a relationship. You know, I like the idea in the Hebrews uh, tradition. They say, so-and-so, son of, son of, son of. Myself, Doresingham, son of Manikam. I grew up in a rubber estate. And whenever people came to look for me, they won't call me Doresingham. They say, Manikam's son. Relationship. And God wants us to be like that. That you and I should be a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. We belong to Him. Jesus knew where He was coming. In fact, you know, in, in uh, John 13 and John 16, when you read, He said, I'm returning to the Father. And then another place He says, I came from the Father and I'm now returning back to Him. He knew where He was from. When my dean told me, He said, Dora, I remember that you are a Malaysian. Remember where you come from. Very important, identity. And I remember that when I was in the States. I did not behave like any other student. Alright, so Jesus walked with a sense of knowing who he was. Number two, Jesus walked with a sense of knowing what he is to do or what he was to do. And there are two things, and there are unique callings for Jesus, yes? Unique callings, some of which we can do, some of which only he can do, like being a savior. Yeah, who he was was the son, son of God, but who he was, what he, he was a savior in one sense. But he was also a servant. Okay, he was also a servant, but he was also a savior. Now, you and I can't be a savior. Only he could go to the cross, right? And so, he knew what he was, right from the beginning, did Jesus know that he was going to, going to the cross? Yes, he knew. Did Jesus know that he was going to be raised from the dead? Yes, he knew. He had said that the Son of Man will suffer and will be killed and he will, he will be raised up on the third day. He knew, he knew, he knew what he will do. 
you know when, when i went to study in uh, in oregon state university i i actually studied forest engineering and um, my first degree was in forestry my so my second degree was forest engineering and the head of department somebody called george brown came to me i don't know he took some special interest in me and he said we will make you a bona fide engineer we need to know what we are about to do or what we are about we need to know what we are what we are doing we cannot go around and saying i do not know what i am doing so jesus had a sense of what he was to do as a servant of god but also as a savior and then how easy to do it <laughs> how easy to do it all in the power of the holy spirit now that is important for us because sometimes we are called and we know that calling but we want to do it in our own strength but no god gives us a provision holy spirit and then why why do we even do it of course we say god called me to do it but why and you will find down the only reason why we do it my friends and one day when jas stands before god and adam stands before god and kylie stands before god they will be able to say the only reason why we did what we did is because of love we loved god we loved jesus that is the only reason amen okay i kind of summarize what what i want to do and i built the entire message around this acts 10:38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because god was with him all right let's look at the first one his identity how god anointed jesus of nazareth his identity he knew who he was and we read that next we read that in luke chapter 3 verses 21 and 22 but before that in matthew chapter 1 verse 21 you remember that the angel of the lord spoke to joseph and he said a son will be born and you will call him jesus for he will save his people from their sins the very name right but i would like to look at uh luke chapter 3 verse 21 and 22 you don't have to turn to this and you remember that many people were being baptized by john the baptist in the river jordan and jesus was also was baptized in fact he says that when he was baptized he was praying and when he was coming out of the waters of those uh, of the rivers jordan he when he was coming up he saw the heavens open and this this dove the holy spirit descended upon him and a voice came from heaven and i i precious words and it's very very important for us to know this he said you are my beloved son with whom i am well pleased jesus hasn't done anything yet <laughs> he hasn't done anything yet just the relationship itself said i am well pleased you know when i was um uh, when to my first graduation that is the convocation in upm we were the second batch of students to graduate and uh, it was a solemn affair you know uh, i think till today is still a solemn affair <laughs> and at that time they told us 
parents of course were allowed to come in but they told us no clapping and people come and get their students get their scroll no clapping and i told my parents too you know no clapping so no claps everybody came they took their scroll quietly from the sultan of slang of that time and then when my turn came and I, when i got my scroll and my name was was mentioned i had a loud clap at the back my mother was standing and clapping because it is his her son amen it is the relationship she probably didn't know how well i did she didn't see my transcript but all she saw was my son there relationship this is my beloved son you know all of us want to hear the the uh the one which is most often said well done my good and faithful servant but before that i pray you will come into that place you are my beloved son you are my beloved daughter oh i i pray that you come into that place where where kylie will be able to hear from god you are my beloved daughter that jess will be able to hear from the spirit of god the voice of god the father you are my beloved daughter and adam would be able to hear you are my beloved son wow that's the first one that's the first one now of course we read acts chapter 10 verse 36 that god sent jesus but he who sends must first call all right so identity know your identity if they ask you who are you they say i am a son son of the most high god <laughs> however you want to say it of course you will refer refer to your parents as well relationship you know nowadays when they ask for my bio data i now changed it and i call i said okay dorisingham manikam husband to lilian and father to three children and and father-in-law to fabian <laughs> it is not all what i've done first it is relationship so identity identity jesus near no we all have identities yes because it says that he who believes in jesus christ god gives them the right to become to call themselves children of god in another place it says uh, in the epistle of john where uh, how great is the love of god lavished upon us that he should call us the children of god you and i have that same privilege of being called a son or a daughter of god amen so the first one is identity the second one is his role how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and power yes we are sons and daughters but we have a role here and what is the role next the role of a servant the role of a servant now i like to read from isaiah 42 uh, verse 1 let me just uh, see give you that it says behold my servant whom i uphold my chosen in whom my soul delights i put my spirit upon him he will bring forth justice to the nations yes jesus was the son of god but he also was a servant in philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 8 he says christ jesus who thought so he, Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equally equality with God a thing to be grasped verse 7 but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant 
being born in the likeness of man, verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So, it is not just being a son, he's also a servant. And you know that. And I can tell you, the home is the best place to learn about servanthood. <laughs> the home is the best place. You're a son and daughter in your home. And your mom or a dad will ask you to do certain things. Please do. Yeah, you're a son, but you're also a servant. I have a friend, you know, uh, when I was studying in, in uh, high school and his father had a coffee shop. So after school, we would go and have some, um, some soft drinks there. And guess who is sitting at the cash counter? My classmate. Son, no doubt. But he is still a servant. I remember growing up in my own home, I used to do a lot of house chores. From washing clothes to cleaning drains and looking after the cattle, I'm the milkman in the house. I would go early in the morning and milk the cattle, milk the cows. And then evening, and then not only that, also go from house to house selling milk. But that doesn't change my position as a son. But I function as a servant too. And I tell you, great training. Great training. And so, Jesus, that identity also moves to being a role, servant. Next. But we have a purpose too. Because Jesus, after the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what did he do? He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Purpose. We are talking about purpose. And today, we look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is the messianic uh, anointing, as it were. Or how they identify the, the, the Messiah. Luke 4, 18. Jesus comes into the synagogues. He is given the scriptures. He turns to this portion in Isaiah 60, and then 61. And then he begins to read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The first thing is to preach the good news. Then he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Wow. And I want to just stop here. That's what he did. He went and healed the sick. He preached the good news. He delivered people who are under the demonic oppression. He fed the multitudes. He discipled the people. He discipled his disciples. All the work that we do. Now, because we are under God, and as servants, we also do that. But there is also specific areas of service for jazz. You know, God calls us into these areas of service through our giftings. Through our giftings. You could be working in a bank. You could be working in a corporate firm outside. Uh, it could be uh, working in a company outside. It, it, it doesn't matter. So long as you are doing the service, is along your line of giftings. And I want to say this, when the two greatest commandments given to us, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind, and the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. How do you do that? You know, one of the greatest ways how we do that is by serving them through work. And when you do a good job of it, because that is your gifting, that's the way you do it, you know, you, not only you bring glory to God, 
you bring great satisfaction uh, to the person who had uh, had done it or who had actually received that service from you whether you're an auditor like Kylie or whether you're working in mass communication like Adam or like Jess even through her dance she's able to serve others right now Jesus had that service now of course he had a a very unique one which we read in Acts 10 verse 39 and 40 you know where he says that they killed him by hanging him on a cross and verse 40 but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen now, this is a very unique calling of Jesus Christ we are not called to do that he is a savior not only a servant he was a savior but you know he has also called us into the saving act later you'll see that by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ he's the savior he's the one who saves but we are also called in to proclaim that he does so i don't want you to think that it has to be working within the church or doing some religious work only now we all have a uh, uh multi- we have multiple gifts some of it like kylie could sing as well as being an auditor and and nothing wrong being an auditor auditor is good <laughs> just like a mathematics teacher would be good you know like adam was saying and i do that i would have joy okay there are four things how do you know you are in the right right kind of gifting sir huh? even if it's in your work there are four things number one when you begin to do you will have joy in it all right number two you will be fruitful in it that means when you do something it works you know it's like baking a cake when you bake a cake it comes out a beautiful cake not a disaster so you'll be fruitful number three you will be faithful you will be faithful and number four you will reproduce yourself you'll multiply all right we'll move on so his identity his role his purpose his presence you know one of the things is this calling when god has called us something we just go not just go and do it on our own we do it in his presence we do it in his power even when joshua was crossing the river jordan and even when he was fighting the battles he had this promise and that experience that god was with him the lord was with him because he says i will never leave you nor forsake you i will go before you i am with you i am with you whatever you do whether it is auditing or whether working in the bank or whether you are dancing or doing mass communication or you know whatever that you are doing you can always invite the presence of the lord with you because he is the one who guides you he's the one who guides you and he'll do amazing things all right acts 10:41 he was not seen by all the people but by witnesses whom god had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead again the emphasis he rose from the dead 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 you know it's very interesting a question was once asked there are many roads they say towards god and there are many founders along those roads right but there's only one road 
where the so-called founder is alive. <laughs> so if you want to find directions, who do you ask directions from? A dead person or a living person? Definitely a living person. Verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. You know, this is very powerful. This should really, because you started from God. Just as Jesus did. What happened? He, he came from God. He accomplished what he was asked to do. And then he went to the cross. The culmination of it all, as it were. Then he was raised from the dead. And then, you know, remember after 40 days, he, was, he, was, uh, he, he, he went up to heaven again. And he was exalted, seated at the right hand throne of God. And so one day we will stand before God. But on that day you did not have to worry because you started with God. You moved with God. Accomplished his purpose in God. Fulfilled his purpose. And there you are standing before God as his son and daughter. And say, Lord you can do the audit now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And you know, today we can say, there we said that God was with him, but here God is alive. Jesus is alive, brother. Jesus is alive and he is with us. In Acts 10, verses 14, 41, the resurrected Christ. And in Philippians 2, verses 9 and 11, can I have the team come up? I mean, the worship team come up. We're coming to an end. You know, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, he says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. And he is with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spiritual presence of Jesus Christ. He is alive and he is with us. But before I end, I just want to take a glimpse into what happens in this whole area of calling. Can can I have, have the next slide, please? And this is very important. Very, very important. You know, if there are three scriptures, this is the most important one of the three. It says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. The called out one cannot do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees the caller do. Wow, that is a very powerful thing. This is the internal working of that triangle. That his eyes are upon God. What are you doing now, Lord? And only that I see you do, that I do. And he goes on to say, he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. What does, what does it say? Number one, it, it causes us to see or discern what the father is doing. Number two, It helps you and gets you to obey. Because you see the father doing this, you obey. You obey. Obedience. Then look at the third one. 
for the father loves the son and shows him all he does why the calling because the father loves us amen when the father calls you into audit when the father calls you into mass communication when when the father calls you into the creative arts when the father calls you into medicine when the father calls you into preaching or teaching when the father calls you it's because he loves you wow that is very powerful because he loves you because he created you you know it's very interesting that Jesus went into or called Zacchaeus right and what did he tell Zacchaeus the tax collector be your honest tax collector <laughs> yeah he went into Zacchaeus home and then he said be your honest tax collector then he goes into the Matthew into the another tax collector's house Matthew and what does he tell him you follow me but both are equally important both are by the lord amen god loves zacchaeus god loves matthew but their station their calling are different if you are the auditor be the greatest auditor that god wants you to be and god is pleased all right the last one is his commission in acts 10 verse 42 it says he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify he is the one whom god appointed as judge of the living and the dead he commanded us to preach to the people what does it mean you know matthew 28 18-20 go and make disciples this is a command from the father now i i don't think we should say oh he has called me to go and preach to you no, because if your relationship is with the father he will tell you to do this i remember as a young christian in 1984 i got saved In 1985 I remember driving in my mini Austin in Kuching and I thought something was missing in my Christian life. I said, "Lord, what is it?" And he said, "The great commission." Talk to God. You talk to God and let God tell you, "Uh, great commission not for you. Then come and talk to me." He won't say that. So here I would say this that he commanded us to preach. commandments to speak the gospel okay the last one acts 10:43 and i like this all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in his name in his name receives forgiveness of sin through his name actually this is reference to luke chapter 24 verses uh, 46 and 47 and it says <clears throat> and say to them this is what it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem it's a command that he gives us in that calling a command that comes out of us and what a privilege that whatever our calling is that this command comes to us as well this command comes to us as well because it's a commandment and we obey this commandment not out of so called calling but because of our relationship with god because he says yeah yeah we are not a savior but we are all called to go and be a witness to his name he who died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay the penalty of our sins 
and to purchase a place in heaven for us and to offer us this gift of eternal life to each and every one of us who would put his trust in him and the conclusion of the matter is this may we walk with the profound sense of our calling you and i just as jesus did today as we celebrate easter and we look at jesus can we pray lord may give me that grace give me your holy spirit that i might walk in the calling that you have given me no matter where and how it is with that profound sense of my relationship with you and who i am with a profound sense of being a servant and functioning in my gifts with a profound sense of the purpose for which you have called me that not only i am a disciple but i have to be a disciple maker and with this amazing participation in your great commission that wherever i go and wherever i am i proclaim that you died and rose from the dead to pay the penalty of our sins and to offer the gift of eternal life to whosoever believes and calls on the name of the lord amen can we sing that song please Shall we stand? You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. categories of people this morning some of you are very sure of your calling you cover the whole three areas great relationship with the father and then you know as a role as a servant 
and then the purpose and the commission. They are very clear. To you I say, praise the Lord, rejoice in God, continue. Do not get off from that calling. There may be changes within that calling, but keep that going. Praise God for you. The second group, he said, Dorai, I never knew that calling was like this. But now I see. Will you pray for me that I will engage with the Father? My relationship of really knowing that I'm His child and able to listen and know that I could be a servant, whether it is in the marketplace or whether it is within the church or whether in some other, but to hear and that He lead me and I know He leads me according to the giftings that I might find my giftings. But at the same time, I'm also given that larger purpose, the commission of God. But more than anything else, I know now that He calls me because He loves me. <laughs> because He loves me. And so if you say, Dorai, please pray for me. Will you put up your hands? I want to pray for you. Yeah. Just, just lift up your hands high. I want to pray for you. Please pray for me that the calling will be clear in my life and I'll walk in my calling. Just lift up your hands. I want to pray. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have lifted up their hands as a gesture of saying, help me Lord, that I discover my calling, walk in your calling with the power of the Holy Spirit and to know that calling comes because you love me. And Lord, may as the days unfold, may the calling become clearer, surer, more than anything else, that your relationship with them, with each and every one of them, will become stronger. last one is this. Maybe you're here or even online. You do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But I want to say this. Jesus died for you so that your sins can be forgiven. So that you have a place in heaven. Yeah. But today you say yes. I want to believe Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to receive Him as my Lord and Savior. I want my sins to be forgiven. And I want to receive this gift of eternal life. And of course, through all this, I want to discover my calling. But I want to save the past. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you are saying, today, I want to call upon the name of the Lord. I want to be saved. Is there anyone here online? Is there anyone here who says, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? If you say yes, maybe just in this auditorium, is there anyone who says, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? Is there anyone? Please just lift up your hands here. If you are here, is there anyone you are visiting us? Anyone? You say, yes, I want to receive Jesus. If not, even online, you please pray this prayer with me. Yes? Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, I admit I am a sinner. I believe that you are the Savior. 
that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day to pay the penalty of my sins and to purchase a place in heaven for me and offer me this wonderful gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins as I repent and turn to you. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Lead me and guide me into the calling that you have for me. And help me to lead a life that is pleasing to you. Amen. Let's sing the song again. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip.